The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor. Now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner here is Dr. Lauren Murfield, He's a retired college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're docking the cop, and we're here to help you think bigger and reach higher to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. And we're back, and I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm the host of Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, and I am joined in the same room for the first of almost 40 episodes with my co-host, cohort, Dr. Lauren Murfield. Say hello, Doc. Hello, Doc. And we're here for the first recorded uh, Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, a chance to look at business ups, downs, and challenges. But there's something more to it and why we felt we had to come on here and put out this special episode because what has been happening the last week in our country is is disheartening, disgraceful. I don't know what other words to use. Disgusting. Uh, disgusting. Disgusting. And and we'll go even go back to what's caused it. It's like uh, the blog post that I put out beginning of this week on MurfieldCoaching.com. It's time. We're doing this episode because it's time. We couldn't stay quiet anymore because we see things different than a lot of people do. We, we have a balanced perspective. No, I won't say it than a lot of people from a lot of voices that we've heard on the news this week. Absolutely. It, it's amazing the number of people that come out of the woodwork. Um, like Machiavelli said 500 years ago, never waste a, a good crisis, right? Right. Um, and it's really shameful that some of these people have all of a sudden come out of the woodwork to to support whatever it is they're supporting and we haven't heard anything from them in 40 years or 20 years or five years but before we get into what we wanted to talk about let's set up some ground rules uh, you're good that, with that i'm i'm fantastic and, and you're a communications major you have a phd in communication phd in my especially with having my expertise, especially my dissertation on the emotional power of language to create and destroy. I'm sorry, but I've studied for this moment. Is is that not what we're seeing That's here? Exactly what we're talking about. And and, and, and this is so so we gotta start off with just because I don't like something you do, Doc, doesn't mean I don't like you. Amen to that. And doesn't and just because just and the same is opposite. It is true. The opposite is true. I'm sorry. Because I like something you do or you did doesn't mean I endorse everything that you've ever done or ever will do. Absolutely. Right? Right on that as well. And and we, we I think we've got that messed up in our society. We really do. But and and so I can I can condemn the act and still love the person. Absolutely. Okay? And I can't, and, and we and, and we've lost sight of that too. Along and sometimes, the way. good people do bad things, and it, that's a mind-boggler for a lot it, of people. It is, it is the nature of just man. Because, just because you might have done one thing that's bad does not make you a horrible person. 
And, and uh, you know, wh wherever you are in any kind of spiritual or religious foundation, um, they all have some sort of account for that. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, and uh, I happen to be Christian, uh, as I know you are as well. Um, and so some of these things, I, I really wish we could have summed this up. And I, I know this isn't a, a religious thing, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but if you were non-religious, you could. Jesus left us with two commandments. We could skip the first one if you don't want to follow him. The first one was, right, love, love, love him more than anything else, right? And the second was love your neighbor like yourself. If we just listen to number two, forget who the guy is that said him, and just go with number two, we wouldn't be having this discussion. And that's a lifelong venture right there. Right. Love your neighbor like yourself. And then, but but then we got to get the caveat where they, and I don't know all the details about it, so please don't criticize us too much if there's more to the story than what the headlines were showing. But they fired a basketball announcer for saying that all lives matter. Now, I don't know the context. Somebody had asked him what he thought about the black lives, the movement. Okay. And, and his answer was, I believe all lives matter. And it, that should be a duh, right? What the group that fired him did was said, he doesn't represent our values. So in other words, they've just said that all lives don't matter. And I have no problem with the Black Lives Matter movement trying to make peaceful change let's let's make this very clear to everybody who's listening to us black lives matter period dot 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 period it black lives matter what's going on the the absolute disgraceful practice that has gone on for decades if not centuries is totally unacceptable absolutely we, we you know, whether it's by way of a cop, whether it's by way of a slave owner, whether it's by way of a banker, or any other ways when we're diminishing the value of another person based on their race, by their sex, or any of that other stuff, any of that is absolutely wrong. We make that abundantly clear. clear. And, clear. And, 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 the, and I certainly, one of, the, one of my life quotes is, from Martin Luther King Jr. is injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Absolutely. And it couldn't be more true right this second. And I don't know how we go from, we don't like what this cop did up in Minneapolis to I'm gonna break into a store and burn it to the ground and steal everything. Well, and and let's, let's make it clear again, so because we know this is a powder cake. We know this conversation is a powder keg. And we know, well, let me ask this. Anybody who's watching or anybody who's listening, when you go to get upset about anything we say, if you're trying to read things into this, stop. Stop. Because hear who we are, hear what we're saying, and don't make judgments about it because that's how we got into this in the first place. By the way, one of the ground rules I'd like to go back to uh, and, and state is that 
just because you are white, black, Hispanic, whatever, or a male or female, or a white collar or blue collar, just because of that, you can't stereotype. Don't put words in their mouth. Don't put intention in their heart. Because you know what? If you're doing that on race, that's a racist. And I don't care what color you are, what color your skin is. If you are looking at, if you are a white looking at an African-American and you're saying, oh, well, they're black, therefore, stop. You if, can't do that. And, if, and, 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 and it works the same the other way. If you're an okay. African-American and you're looking at a white and you're going, nope, I know. No, I know what you're thinking. I, oh, you're a white male. I know what you get. You know what? Stop it because you don't know who I am. I've had students do that when I was teaching up in the Northeast. One of them looked at me and he says, well, you're white. How would you know what poverty was all about? And I want to say, you don't know anything about where I grew up. You yeah. don't know what it was like. You didn't know how hard it was to raise a family of eight and uh, the things you had to go without. We never felt like we never knew where, you know, like we didn't know where the next meal was coming from. But neither did this guy either. Let's leave race out of that because you know what? That's one of the answers. Well, and, and adversity happens to everybody. And, and being slighted, being put down. I'm not saying that living as an African-American in this culture isn't another layer of grief. I'm not going to be that naive. I've got good friends who are African-American. I recognize that they can get pulled over by the cops for nothing. I recognize some of the bad cops out there. I understand some of the other stupid things that are going on. I get that. But that doesn't mean that African-Americans have a corner on the market for strife, no. for being slighted. No minority does. In fact, it, it, it's it's a human trait. It's yeah. a human. It's a human thing. We're all in. It, it, you know, it's funny. A month ago or two months ago, we were all shouting, "We're in this together. We're all well, in this maybe together." A, maybe a week and a half ago. Now all of a sudden, it's like well, I don't even know you, and and it really it really bugs me. Um, it it really bugs me. Um, as we're going into this and and trying to really get to the root of the problem and you know your po politicians are coming out of the woodwork we it, 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 your blog post it's time for change yeah it was time 20 years 25 30 years ago when rodney king riots happened and the same thing when the detroit riots and the miami riots and the and all the way back into the 60s and we made some really great strides and then you know, backed off. You know, Pat, let's be honest about it. Let's think about it. We fought a civil war largely for this. I know there's other factors involved. Largely about the slave issue. You think we would have figured it out. You know, and, and the abolitionists go back even 100 years before that. You'd think we would have figured this out. We've had all these opportunities. And you know, one of the books that I'm working on is, um, hopefully I have it off fairly soon, is Stop Being Stupid in Times of Opportunity. And stupid stands for stagnant thinking. 
And it's, it's like, how stupid have we been? We've lived through all of these things. We've heard all these campaign promises. We've had leaders of all sorts come in and say, well, we're going to do this. And it's 2020, and we still got this same garbage going on. And the, and the same rhetoric. And it comes from the blue states, the red states, the purple states. The Democrats, it comes from the Republicans. The, from the federal level, at the state level, to the city level. And, um, and we're, we're, we're so divided. And, and I, I, this is as far as we're going to mention anybody specific. There's not one person or one party that has caused this or allowed this to happen. We are all in this together. And, and can I go here? There's not one party that has solved it either. Absolutely. And, and they've had opportunities on both sides to solve this. And, and please do not get into this whole argument of you say, well, we're not as bad as the other one. You know, that's a bunch of baloney. I've studied rhetoric at the highest level. Critically thinking, that is a fallacy of argument. Well, you know, so I might not have done it, but Pat, you haven't done it either. In fact, you're worse than I am. So that absolves me, right? Wrong. 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 That, that's baloney. So whenever we get into this, I don't want to hear, yeah, but you did this. Yeah, but you did that. That stops here. Because what we're here to talk about is here, us, me, I. This is what I need to do. But together, the we, not the they, we need to solve this problem. Absolutely. And, and we, have to, we have to get an end to this hypocrisy that exists. Absolutely. You know, one of the, one of the problems we have with, with, with hypocrisy is that as organized people, we don't we can't, we won't allow ourselves to criticize our own. We don't criticize our own. It's like Democrats and Republicans. It's like, oh, we can't, no, no, I can't, I can't criticize them because that'll give my opponents an opportunity. Let me go into one specific example. Everybody remembers, well, let's start with the most recent. No, we'll go back. Bill Clinton, the whole Monica thing and the women things. The Republicans were the party of virtue in that, saying, how can you do that? You're disgracing the office. You know, it's family values. Hey, that's what got me my dissertation. And it's like, so fast forward, and we go to 2016, 2017, 18, whatever it is, and Trump has an affair or affairs. And what do we have happen? We have the Democrats coming out and saying, well, what are you doing? You're immoral. You're not fit for office. Meanwhile, back in 98, we had the women voters and the others of the Democrat Party that defended Clinton saying it's all about the policies and what he does. We recognize he's flawed. Guess what? We heard that exact same thing out of the Republicans defending Trump. What we did not hear, we did not hear it, was people saying, Mr. President, I'm of your party. I don't agree with what you did. We don't hear that. And, and, and again, can't I say, I, I, I'm a Republican, 
and I support many things you do, but I condemn you on this one thing. Yes. Right? And, or I can say, I'm a Democrat, and I voted with you, and I'm with you, but I, that, that we seem to have lost that. Yeah. And we're either for or against. And, and I, I don't know how much of it is a result of political correctness, because we can't hardly have the conversation about race or any any other thing because we're so polarized that the words and like I said when a, when a sportscaster can say all lives matter and they and their and his boss and their boss says says that's not our values there's something askew yeah there's something askew now if there's more to it than meets the eye and I watch again not to <laughs> I watched Matt Lauer interviewing Harvey Weinstein and asking him hard questions. Now that's quite, a, that's quite and, an interview, isn't it? And, 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 and the hypocrisy, and, and he was asking him and really trying to tear Harvey Weinstein down. And here Matt Lauer turns out to be probably a bigger perv than than Harvey Weinstein, at least what was alleged. Which again, we've got it. This is another. This is the other part of the. The, of the conversation that we can't even have and, and it'll get us into the conversation we wanted to talk about police and such and and the protests and the riot but they're quick to say alleged in so many things he is he was he was arrested for allegedly allegedly robbing a bank or he was arrested for allegedly doing this no he wasn't arrested for alleging anything he was arrested for it and that's coming from a that, former cop. That is an allegation, but that's not, he didn't allege. Now, he hasn't been, he is innocent until proven guilty, or she, or whoever we're talking about. But when they, they've been alleged in a, a crime, some, again, it's words. It's being using words to build up or tear down. The other wishy-washy thing that our media has loved to do is they'll say, former Police and I see this when 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 a, when a police officer gets disgraced. And for those that don't know, I spent 22 years in law enforcement. Um, proud of every day that I worked. Okay, um, not proud of every officer I worked for for or with 100% of the time. Just like you weren't if you worked anywhere or lived anywhere on the face of this earth. But I love it. They'll say. A former officer was arrested for drunk driving. And then you read the article and it says, well, he quit at the as soon as he got arrested. Well, then he wasn't a former officer. Right? right. He was a right. current officer. And I know they're doing that to soften the blow, but they've been given a pass to people who don't deserve the pass. Right. Okay. It's it's not a former priest was arrested for sexual offenses if they were a priest when they were arrested they were a priest was arrested and, and in the article our media can help us and say now former now retired now whatever and but this political just... correctness of trying to and then and maybe i don't know maybe it's not political correctness maybe it's our tort system maybe it's the fact that two-thirds of our of our elected officials at the federal level are lawyers which you would think lawyers could get a lot of done law work done, but we can't get laws done. We pass bills that they don't read. Um, 
we, we, we make empty promises, we do backdoor deals. Um, we pass laws to placate the base, not to solve the problem. Not to solve problem. We're not into the solving problem business. I think it's part of it. Yeah. And, and uh, um, so it's it's the the political correctness, although I think well, you is, know, I, is I, the I, biggest driver of this. I had a former student. Well, she was a student when she was a student, but she's now a former student that uh, grew up in communism. And she's not a diehard conservative anyway. Don't get don't get me wrong, because I know that's where people take it. But she said, it's political correctness. She goes, makes me feel like I'm back under communism. There's things I can't say. And it's not, you know, at one point, there was one very liberal senator that wanted to make certain words outlawed. He wanted to be able to charge people with hate speech. And they weren't, the phrases that they were considering was not hate speech. You know, it's, it's, we all know the N-word and things like that. They weren't talking about that. That, that. It was just silly things. And it's saying, how are you going to prove that? Basically, what you're doing is nobody can say anything. That's one of the problems we have right now. We can't have a conversation. We can't have for a conversation. Example, for example, was it yesterday? Happened in Tampa. Protesters went to City Hall. Demanding to be heard. Demanding to be heard. So I give her great um, great credit. Tampa Mayor Jane Castor. Castor, former police officer. My former boss, former police chief in Tampa. She comes out to them wanting to engage, wanting to hear them. And I believe she was genuine. Female protester, African-American, shouted her down because she had a bullhorn. Shouted her down, would not let her speak. Said, we don't want you here. They're demanding to be heard. And then the person who's there to listen, who's in a position to maybe make a change or affect some change, they say, oh, no, we don't want to talk to you. But you so know, what really, so what were they, are they really protesting? Well, that's a good question. And at the same time, I heard um, the mayor of Atlanta criticizing the president and saying, here's what they want. They want to be heard. Okay. She's an African-American. I like it. You go out to Seattle and they had all kinds of protests, had a lot of trouble out there. And the mayor comes out there, female, female mayor, white. She comes out and she goes to speak to him. Somebody starts raising a ruckus there and this I think it's the same one. I forget the guy's name. I want to see his foster. Dynamic young leader. Dynamic. And he comes up and he basically says, hey, folks, let her talk. She's here to engage us. She's here to hear us. And they did. And it was a very good, peaceful protest. Started the dialogue. But to come back to that Tampa situation, I agree. What are you thinking? What's really going on here, other than somebody, and we want to make this clear too, there are racists, we'll talk about them in a minute, they're the racists that cause some of this, that cause all of this, mm -hmm. but then there's peaceful protests. Pat, I think we both agree. We, we highly agree with the peaceful protests. 
That's the way the Constitution gives us. That's called the First Amendment. The I, right I, to peacefully assemble. I, I love it. Make your voice heard. You've heard it. it. In us, we talk about think bigger, reach higher. And part of that is reaching out, collaborating to do what you never thought possible. That's what we're about. But then there's the rioters. And let's make this clear. There's a lot of rioters out there that are paid. They are subversives. They are not there for the cause. I've heard it said that there's far left and far right. White supremacists are involved with it. I've heard that there's certain groups that are getting paid for every window they break, for every store they loot or burn, that this is organized. Is that not disgusting to think that could be happening here in what's supposed to be the most sophisticated, advanced, admired country on the planet Earth? And that's where I, and, will, that's where I will agree, and I know this might cause some like my liberal friends to get upset. That's where I agree with Trump. When he said, and I think he's misinterpreted here, when he said, those thugs, I think we can divide the rioters from the peaceful protesters. I have nothing but the highest respect for the peaceful protesters that say, I, people haven't listened to me, where can I go? Where can I go? Well. We'll talk about this in a minute, too, but the number one place you can go, I'm not saying not to protest, but the ballot box. And we'll get to that in just a bit. But the rioters, make no bones about it. We have no time for you. I, I believe they ought to be arrested. I think they should do time. They should not be bailed out because peaceful protesters that have been wrongfully harmed by some of the bad cops that are still out there. Yes, you can bail them out. But these people that are saying, I'm bailing out those people. I'm really sick of Hollywood or Nashville or whoever, the elites of right, left, whatever, every size, shape, and color saying that wholeheartedly, I'm going to do this. I'm going to let, I'm going to, I'm going to get all these protesters. Protesters don't generally go to jail. Right. It's the rioters that are going to jail. And they should. There was one report, again, I wish I had more. I could find it, uh, I could look for it. I think it was out of Seattle, was that they arrested 400 uh, rioters. 95% were from out of state. What's that tell you? Yeah, it's, this is- With all the peaceful protests, I need to fly or drive somewhere to, to drive from out of state to do a peaceful protest? I wonder if how many of them knew the name George Floyd. Yeah, really. Or he, he or who he was. And what did the brother of George Floyd say? He says, You're not honoring my brother's you're not name. You're my not, brother. Yeah. You're not doing that. And <laughs> so it, it, and again, because of this political correct world we live in, you can't say these things. You can't engage this way because you're speaking hatred. Yeah, and and it just just be, just because I think that that there should be a men's room and a women's room doesn't mean I'm against anything. In fact, I like the European way where everybody kind of has their own bathroom, and you know everybody washes their hands in the same location, and and that ends the problem. Right. But I don't have to be for or against anything other than saying, hey, I 
I personally would rather be separated from people. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm against or for anything. Um, but we've really gotten messed up. And one of the things that 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 boils my skin is the Declaration of Independence. You know, I started. I, I, I love it. But what does it promise us? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. And in, in fact, somewhere along the lines, it says something about all of us are created equal and have that equal right. Yes. But we're not guaranteed happiness. And somewhere along the line, we've turned that into, oh, no, we're guaranteed. We should be happy. We, I get what I want. No, we don't. We're, we're, we're supposed to have all have equal opportunity. Opportunity. Okay? You were talking about that. We we're, uh, were, were on a, a podcast uh, earlier talking about that. It's the opportunity that's guaranteed to us. Uh, did you have the? Uh, did you? Did you go to Harvard? No, I, I don't. Did you have the money or the uh, or, or or the academic acumen? Not even a thought. But had you applied yourself and found money somehow legally, you could have went to Harvard. And I've heard I've heard it said that Harvard does have that type of scholarships available just to help create some diversity, but to help those that you know, may not have had the opportunity to build a resume or some of that. Um, and I think those things are great. I was talking with a kid the other day. He got a $60,000 scholarship to Vanderbilt University. Wow. Per year for four years. Does he need a tutor? <laughs> that doesn't even cover tuition, by the way. Um, well, sixty it's $70,000 a year tuition. But he got a $60,000 scholarship. You took a kid who couldn't afford to go to a prestigious school like that and made it, it's the opportunity. You still have to create the opportunity. And there are enough successful people from all races, all sexes, all beliefs, all liberal, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, or whatever, that have succeeded and continue to succeed. There's billionaires at all levels. There's multi-millionaires at all levels. And nobody is being held back, in my belief, without some sort of recourse. There's some systemic problems that our, our country does have to face, but those are easily fixed with some of the laws we already have. Well, and... But we let, but we let the arguments get hijacked by filling it with all this other minutia. Well, and and I am a political centrist um, because I believe that to solve difficult problems, it's a complicated issue. This is not an easy issue. We don't want to make it sound like an easy issue, but to get a balance, there's some on the left, some on the right. What you're talking about, I wholeheartedly agree. You've got to have that idea that you pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You make it happen. On the other side, and I think there's a lot out there, we need to work on this and balance it. We also need to have a safety net. But the safety net cannot become a hammock that you live in. We've got to have a balance. We've got to be able to say, hey, you need a little help, we can help you out. But at the same time, you need to do something on your own. There is a balance there. And th I've said it before, 
You will never, ever be the hero of your own story if you play the victim. Absolutely. I've done that too much in my life. And now, if anybody interprets that as saying, well, here, their truth colors are really coming out. They're really diehard conservatives. No. We believe there's systemic problems that have to be changed because there's things that the whole African-American community, there's things that we need to, to really foster and make a difference. Um, the influence of fatherhood in that culture has been decimated, in part because of slavery from 150 years ago. Um, I'm not a fan of reparations. Because quite frankly, the people who are harmed by that aren't alive. You can't unring that bell, and you're right. And and you, I, can't, you can't fix. And and the thing is, that. giving that money is not going to solve anything. I think the best thing they, we, we can do is help people. And and we don't want. We're not here to lay out a program to help people. But I'm just saying it's on both sides. We got to have some personal responsibility. We've got to have some safety net. But there's one item that I'm already conscious how far we are into this. One thing that we definitely want to go back to address, which is at the core of where this started, and that's bad cops. Pat, you were on the force for 22 years. I've heard you say it. Tell us about the bad cops. Tell us about what you've seen, heard, and think. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, unfortunately, I had the displeasure of working with some people who made who good people who made bad choices and some bad people who were in good jobs um you know i in my time at the police department i saw officers uh you know go to federal prison for stealing uh postal money orders from somebody they arrested we had another officer who who wrote tickets to girls he wanted to go out with so their license would get suspended so he could fix the ticket and be their hero and therefore hopefully gain a girlfriend. Um, I, there was a batch, this happened right after I retired, um, they, they arrested a whole batch of, of, of officers for accessing computer databases, stealing social security numbers so they could file uh, fraudulent income tax returns, which was rampant during the during the end of my career, the the the, the uh, not the officers, but the the income tax fraud was rampant. I don't know if it, how much it's changed, but these are good, otherwise good people who did bad things. They violated the public's trust, and they deserve to be punished for it. But one thing that and the same thing with these officers in in Minneapolis is we all based on our constitution, are entitled to due process and a day in court and a fair, impartial jury to hear our case. We've got to quit trying people, all people, in the court of public opinion because people face two trials in this country, right? They face the court of public opinion. Um, somebody gets accused of something and then they get off and we and we bothers us when somebody gets off on a technicality. Well, folks, our elected officials wrote those technicalities into the law. Make them change them. We, need to, we do need to root the bad cops out. There are good cops. There are bad truck drivers. There are bad college professors. I know, hard to believe. There are good, there are bad nurses. 
There are great nurses. There are great, there are great elected officials, but there's a bunch of them that are dead weight and dead wood. They've been sitting around for so long, decades, some of them, and talking about and trying to have some of the same talks we're having. Like you've been in a position to do something about it for 40 stinking years. Where were your ideas back then? Well, and what's, what's the uh, whole mindset behind the thin blue line? Well, it, it, you know, they think, you know, sometimes it seems the whole world's against you. And the only thing you have is each other. Okay. And, and sometimes and, and it sometimes is a whole experience. Exactly. And I, I used to, when I was training and, and when I worked closely with people as a partner, I would tell people all the time, look, unequivocally, I will trade my life for yours. I believe I had that in me but I will not trade my job for years. So you do something you're not supposed to, expect I'm the first one gonna go tell. And, they, and, and that's what the thin line should represent, okay? Yeah, they've caught, there's some s systemic problems in some big city. <laughs> there was an article one time I was, uh, 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 a, a show I watched where a, I think it was New Orleans police officer robbed a store and killed the the owners. And what they didn't know was the kid, the owner's kid, was hiding in a walk-in cooler. She shows up in uniform to take the police report, and the kid says, "She, you're the one who killed my parents." That's the kind of stuff that happens. Bad apples, we need to do a better job of getting bad apples out. They have a nationwide database that's supposed to keep track of officers who've been pushed out the door. But just like any other thing, some officers are allowed to, because again, we're all entitled to due process. Our system is not perfect. It's probably the best system on the planet. It's probably, which is sad, right? It's probably the most reliable system on the planet, but it is far from perfect. So... I believe I sent you the article, and I, I totally can't remember where it came from, about the bad cops. Tons of them. And, and well, and what the, the, the crux of the article that I have here. Um, and where is that out of? That's a, it's called The Conversation? Yeah. I don't know. It's an it's a email news publication that I get. Okay. But, but one of the things that it's talking about is some of these uh, a lot of these officers that are accused of these brutal violences have a history of complaints. And, and again, that's partly where we don't do our, we haven't, we haven't done a service and we, everybody as a society haven't done a very good job because whether it's for fear of retaliation or fear of their safety and obviously valid concerns, we don't always stand up. Um, and a lot of times witnesses don't want to come forward or when they come forward, they're not reliable or don't want to. It's, it's, and so these cases in most times, uh, it, like my experience in Tampa, um, I think our, our, our cases were investigated quite fully and much like a prosecution method works, our internal affairs would do the investigation and the findings and then it was up to the administration to come up with the 
to determine guilt or innocence and penalty. Um, they, they would kind of point out the facts. And I don't think there's a failing. I think there's, there is sometimes a benefit of doubt given to the officer, uh, especially in light of the fact that at times, say I arrest somebody for doing something, they think, oh, well, I'll file a complaint on this officer, and then that'll help cloud up the issue. And so they, they, they take some of that stuff with a grain of thought, but, uh, or a grain of salt, but, th but there's a lot of times where, uh, you know, if somebody says they had money taken from them, I've, I've seen it where they've, they say, okay, well, we're going to look into this officer. Maybe they'll, they'll do a little bit of a sting to see whether, whether they bite, um, and, and uh, um, I, I, and do integrity checks like that. Um, I, I it, it's such a tough thing because the standard is there and in, 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 in Florida you have the police officers bill of rights and it's a list of rights that are afforded to all police officers and one of the rights that it assures you is that you don't have to incriminate yourself in a criminal case just to satisfy the administration case and they certainly need more work with 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 the law but again, and this is where, you know, when in the picture here is a bunch of riot, a, a bunch of police in riot gear enforcing the law, because that's, the, they call it law enforcement because police don't write the laws. Police right. enforce the laws. And if the laws, and if the bosses say, you can't block this street, then the officers are told, go clear the street. And it's probably being interpreted by some other people too. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the problem. Um, and, uh, um, you know, if, if, if we could all remember, we're, we're all in this together. Now, let me ask you, there, there is a underlying theme that says that the white cops are racist toward the blacks, African-Americans. Has that been your experience? And from what you know of other cops, is that true? Not at all. And I, I used to get questioned people would say what you know why are you why are you always why are you always messing with a brother that's just the way it was said to me many many times I'm like well I work in a neighborhood that's 90% black um, probably 90% of the people I come in contact with are going to be black I mean if if I work in a certain neighborhood it's 90% or 95% white I'm probably not going to run into a black person that's just the reality of how our city is set up, how every other city is set up. If I if I was in Chinatown, I would expect to run into more Chinese people than I would Italian. But if I'm in Little Italy, I'd expect to see more Italian, right? So are and, you saying that there's no racist cops? Oh no, I I think there's probably plenty, but there's racist school teachers, there's racist principals. There's racist school bus drivers. There's racist ambulance drivers, uh, uh, and, and, and airplane mechanics and airplanes, and airplane pilots. With that, there's a lot of people that really love to, to, they're they're bullies. They love to uh, inflict pain on others because they can, and they might be business owners. They might be um, whatever. You know they. They might be one part of town 
thinks they're a little bit better than another, another part, part of town. Right. It could be old versus young, young versus old. Um, it, it's the, the, you know, bullying has really only been a, been a swear word in the last decade, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Did, did bullies exist when you went to school? Yeah, everybody knew. Everybody, everybody knew who the bully most, was. or and, and most everybody got the brunt end of it once in a while. You know, and, somewhere and, along and, the way. and the school knew about it and didn't do anything about it. Right. And, and yeah, well, they're doing a better job now. Some of social media, which, you know, has helped and hurt because it fuels the fire, but it also but it also gets some of the stuff out in the open. Um, but at a time where we're more connected than ever, we're disconnected more than ever. You know, the one thing I want to go back to, um, and, and this will probably be a little longer episode than usual, and bear with us on this because it's that important. One of the things I want to go back to is is this whole foxhole experience from uh, among the cops. And to put it within place, part of what I've studied that has come to understand is, you know, you got to take the whole person into communication. The conversation starts well before you hear a first word from them. And the whole idea of, um, because I'm balanced, I look at both sides of it, and I look at it and I say, you know, here you've got these police officers that are moms, or they're moms, dads, brothers, sisters. They're human beings. They're put out there in riot gear. And they've got to protect according to what administrators have told them. You know, the cop can't really stop and say, wait a minute, I think we ought to do it different. That's not the way you're trying. It's training. not really set up that way. No, no. it's not at all. No. Well, and then you've got a bunch of angry people. You got a you got a powder keg going off there. And and if someone has got tendencies toward being a bully or racist or some of that, it's going to come out. But oh, even absolutely. even those situations where picture yourself and they're throwing rocks at you, they're threatening you, they're hurling insults at you. And I know you're trained for that. But those of us that aren't cops take a look and say, hey, wait a minute. Now, we're not defending the cops that killed Floyd. No, we're not defending that. No, in, in, in fact, they deserve the full force of the law, just, just like, like they anyone the, else would. And just like they put the full, full, full force of their knee Absolutely. on his neck. Absolutely. And, and you know, and, and we certainly, we have a long way to go. Um, I, 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 yesterday I was driving home and I heard a, heard a study. Only 36% of blacks trust the police. Well, 77% of whites trust the police. I'm more, I, I hate to admit this, but I'm more disturbed by the fact that a quarter of the white population that they talked to didn't trust the police. I, I understand, especially with what's going on right now um, and, and the feelings. I've worked in predominantly black neighborhoods for a good portion of my career. I understand. I also understand there's a lot of people in those neighborhoods who would like to stand up, but they got to go home and live at night. And there are thugs all over our population. 
and thug is not a racial term that applies to young, old, black, white, male, female, straight, gay, whatever. Thug is another term for bully, right? Thug is another name word for bully, absolutely. And a bully or that criminal. Will, yeah, push and, you around. And, and uh, you know, and I and the this political correctness, and it, it, I don't believe it's systemic racism that's causing the problem. I think it's systemic incompetence. I think it's systemic ignorance or selfishness at, at all levels of our government. And it's because it's all about, it's not a we attitude, it's a me attitude. And it, it, time and time again, our various politicians have proven to us, many of them have proven to us, that they don't care uh, about anything other than their next election or what's in it for me. Yeah, their, their job is to get reelected, period. That's, that's the way some of them think. They don't do anything except look good. Absolutely. And 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 for the for the people out there that that, that that are wondering where the heck that's coming from, how the heck? I mean, there's a bunch of politicians running for well that were running for president that want to forgive student loans, but they haven't. But they're stopped giving them out. Student loans are bad, but we're still giving loans. That's not the problem. The problem isn't the student loan. I know people who have hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans because they live life. They How live are life they really good. They live life really good. They didn't use it just for tuition and books. They used it so they didn't have to work like I did. I worked full time and part time going to going to school. All right. I worked full time since I was 15, 16 years old. All right. Um I was not born. I was born with a plastic spoon in my mouth. Okay, <laughs> all right. A sport. My 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 first year uh, working in law enforcement, I made more than my dad had ever made in his life. Okay, that shows you where I was. And when I started in law enforcement, you'd almost like a priest. You took a vow of poverty. Now it's not quite the case, but it's uh, um, but but it, it it's it's different. Uh, so how the heck? These bank, I saw one of the big banks was was it was supporting the Black Lives Matters movement. That's great. I'm glad they want to be a part of the conversation. Then why are they charging their predominantly black population 20% interest rate on their credit cards and Thank keep you. loaning them money and keep them a slave to that bank? Yes. And that's, okay. That's so part. quit being hypocritical. That's and that's what we talk about it's, systemic and the problem. It's systemic. I, it's greediness. It's selfishness. It's ignorance. It is not a black white thing. It is not a race thing. They all create this and point fingers, so that we can't see what's really going on. What what's really bubbling over right now is a three card uh, Monty game or the shell game, where they're they're trying to keep the attention away from. The real problem, which is the real problem, is a lack of competence and a lack of patriotism in all levels of our government, all focus on the selfishness. What's my next step? What am I getting out of this? The old, the old what's in it for me? Yeah. And, and that's got to stop, and we've got to demand that. And yes, and, and, this, and I know we're close to the end, um, and, the, and the protesters, the peaceful protesters, Amen. Protest all you want. P but remember to protest at the ballot box. This is stinking June. June 3rd, we're recording this. This is June. How many of you 
are going to show up at a ballot box and vote intelligently, not on what you understand the issue to be or what you understand a candidate to be, and not just listen to what some Facebook post told you that you've got to vote for this person or you're not, you're not this or whatever. Go out and get educated on on who the candidates are and who they really support, and and then you vote vote them. But get your protest in front of your city council meeting, in front of your state, your county commission meeting, in front of your state legislature, and demand change. And part of it too is study up on it, read up on it, get involved. You know, uh, we had on TBO we had Akash Patel, and he talked about. There's all kinds of places. There's there's literally the governor of Florida has like thousands of positions that he appoints people to on various boards and commissions across the state. And what group is the worst at voting? The younger group. The younger folks. And here is, they're the ones that are out there. God bless you. I appreciate the involvement. Take it the next step. Get involved and vote. Become educated on it. Understand what it means, not just in the idea of saying, you know, and this is this is the ignorance of youth, which is saying, I want it, so I'll, that that's that I I need it. No, that's not right. That's not right. You know, there's a lot of things we want when we're youth, and by the time we get, so you look more like me, you say, yeah, I wasn't very bright at that age, was I? That's the ignorance and stupidity of youth. But get involved. There's there's an opportunity. You know what? If you don't like Donald Trump as president, then get out there and study it. If you really think Biden is your man, if he's going to give you something better, get involved in the campaign. Vote with your feet and then vote in the ballot box. If it's the other way, if you think Trump is your man, then go out and do it. If you think you really need to have a woman or an African-American or a Latino, whatever, Get in. They don't just need your money. They don't just need your vote. They could use your help. Everybody. Absolutely. And, and the more we get involved with these things, we we are all in this together. We all caused this. Our predecessors caused this. We caused this. We allowed this to happen, and we've got to get past this. That's the huge opportunity and that we've seen. One here. other thing that we haven't touched, and that infects every single person. Silence. We've been silent too long. Pat and I, this is you know, our 40, 40, roughly 40th show. We have not touched this. You know, we haven't touched that third rail, so to speak. Because, oh, well, we don't talk about religion and politics. We don't do this. We don't do that. Bottom line is, it's time. It's time that we raise our voice. we got to start having conversations, just like we just did. And as, as we end... The, the challenge that we always put out. Absolutely. Think bigger. Think bigger than ourselves. Right. right. And and our own our own fixed position. Be willing to learn. Understand somebody that views things different than you. But do it as we started this program with. Don't come out looking to judge. Don't look out and saying, say, I, I don't like what you're saying. Listen. If you've heard me before, you talk about compassion. It's And listening is selfless. You can't be a selfish listener. That's an oxymoron. Think bigger. 
let's think bigger than this issue. Let's look at the trends, but let's say, how do I need to bend to see the opportunity? Not for me to exert my power, no. To turn they into we. You look at great leaders throughout time, that's every one of them have, have done that. And it's, it's time, right. we which, need- Which helps us to reach higher. We need right. people to think bigger, to reach higher, so we can do what we've never done before. If South Africa can come out of apartheid, we can come through this. Absolutely. Until next time, I'm Pat and I'm the cop. I'm Lauren and I'm the doc. Think bigger, reach higher. Let's do the impossible together.